the Memorare. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to your protection, implored your help, or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly to you, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To you I come, before you I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in your mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. All across the Gulf South, it's 7 a.m. Time to wake up on Catholic Community Media. Good morning. You're listening to Wake Up on this beautiful Tuesday morning. We're so glad to have you join us this morning. I'm Gabby Smith, along with Damian Clotto and Alicia Quibido. Hey, guys. Good, good morning. morning. Good morning. Good Tuesday morning. Happy oh, Tuesday. That's right. That's right. Today's also the yes. feast of St. Anthony of Egypt, and we want to keep all of our friends traveling to the capital uh this mm-hmm. uh, this week for the March for Life and our prayers. So let's begin this morning with prayer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. O oh God, who brought the abbot St. Anthony to serve you by a wondrous way of life in the desert, grant through his intercession that denying ourselves, we may always love you above all things. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Saint Anthony of Egypt, pray for us. Pray for us. We have events in your listening area we will give you details about coming up in nine minutes. Ben Clapper joins us in 18 minutes. He is the executive director for Louisiana Right to Life. And today he's going to be talking about the day of prayer for legal protection of unborn children. So looking forward to this conversation with Ben and learning a little bit more about this day. In 35 minutes, Joseph Pierce joins us once again. We just can't get enough of Joseph Pierce on Wake Up. He's going to be talking about his book called 12 Great Books, Get Deeper into Classic Literature. If you want to hear someone who has an amazing radio voice, Joseph is your guy. (laughs) And he has some wonderful insights as well. So stay tuned for that in 35 minutes. And in 48 minutes, Sarah Zagorski joins us. She's a communications director with Louisiana Right to Life, and we're going to be talking about the Louisiana Life Marches, the March for Life, and so much more, so how we can participate. This is a big week for a lot of people. A lot of young people, adults are are traveling on their way to Washington, D.C. for the March for Life, and so we continue to keep them in our prayers for safe travels. Right, Damien? Yeah, it's chilly and wet right now over there, but it should clear up, and Friday and Saturday ought to be beautiful. In the meantime, we have some showers and light rain in our area. Good news, that's going to be clearing up around mid-morning, and we should see some sunshine come this afternoon if the clouds clear out quick enough. Uh, Warm winds still blowing out of the south-southwest at about 10 to 15 miles an hour, so it makes it a little breezy, but very nice. Uh, Considering the high today is going to be 78 degrees, it's going to be like 
Wow. Uh, spring, almost summer. <laughs> uh, low's going to be 66 tomorrow, about the same with a high in the upper 70s. 20% chance of rain in the forecast, but I don't think we'll see much uh, of the wet stuff. And it will start to get a little cooler come Thursday. In and around our area, the temperatures are all in the 60s right now. Over in Gulfport at 65, Mandeville, Mandeville at 64. Home of Thibodeau, 69, New Orleans, 68, and in Baton Rouge, it's 67 with a light sprinkle. So um, outside of that, not too bad. Yep. It was a light sprinkle coming over. I did hit the wipers a couple times. And, and, you know, it is going to be chilly. It always is this (laughs) Mm -hmm. time. And sometimes it snows for the March for Life in Washington, (laughs) D.C. But but they're not going to – they shouldn't see any snow. It's just going to be in the 40s, low 50s, and um, sunshine for the Friday, Saturday when they're really going to be marching from what I understand. So it'll be good. Great. All right. Well, good. Well, don't go too far. Now that everything's good for us, uh, it's five after the hour. We got some events we want to share with you this morning. Who knows? We might even talk a little bit more about St. Anthony in the desert if they don't send me there on Wake Up. Good Tuesday morning to you. I'm Father Chris Decker. Today's gospel comes to us from Mark chapter 2. As Jesus was passing through a field of grain on the Sabbath, his disciples began to make a path while picking the heads of grain. At this the Pharisees said to him, Look, why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? He said to them, Have you never read what David did when he was in need and he and his companions were hungry? How he went into the house of God when Abiathar was high priest and ate the bread of offering that only the priests could lawfully eat and shared it with his companions? Then he said to them, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. That is why the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. We've heard the gospel, and now we reflect. In today's gospel, we discover another example of how wisdom incarnate uses every opportunity to sow the good seed of his word. Jesus' disciples were hungry, and Jesus gives them rest on the Sabbath by putting their exhaustion and hunger above the observances of the law. They were so hungry they ate raw kernels, not bread. The Pharisees had so forgotten that the purpose of the Sabbath is to rest in God that they cannot see that the good father is not pleased by the hunger of his children on the Sabbath. In their narrow understanding, the Pharisees can only see a violent clash between the material world of working and eating and the spiritual dimensions of prayer, worship, and observance of the law. Using David as an example, Jesus teaches the rigid Pharisees that humans were created to rest with God in glory and delight, not primarily for the activities that have their end in this world. Therefore, the ritual prescriptions of the law are not an end in themselves, but a means to lead men closer in their union with God. Thus, the divine worship in the temple required that the priests work on the Sabbath. So while they violated the law materially, they did not violate the law formally in the intention God had for it. Similarly, David and his men ate the sacred bread, which only the priests were allowed to eat. 
the deeper meaning of keeping the Sabbath is to detach oneself from earthly concerns and thinking in order to be free for union with God. In addition, the citation of David and the priest implies that Jesus is the promised royal son of David, who, like David, was a priest according to the order of Melchizedek. Therefore, by participation, Jesus' disciples were in training to become priests. Have a wonderful day. This is Jimmy Sagers. Thank you, Jimmy Sagers, Father Chris Decker. Welcome back to Wake Up on a Tuesday morning, the 17th of January. And we have some events we want to share with you. Uh, You're invited for a morning reflection. If you want to get a little bit more than what even Jimmy shared with you just now, you can do so this morning at St. Catherine, Siena, from 1030 to noon, Regnum Christi Morning Reflection is going to be taking place. Uh, It's going to start with a Mass at 1030, followed by a Reflection. The title, Spiritual Direction, A Means to Grow in Holiness. I like that. That is nice. Yeah. I I don't think we get enough spiritual direction as far as individuals Mm. go. I know I don't. Uh, The Morning of Reflection is being sponsored by Regnum Christi, as I said, at St. Catherine Siena, located on Bonneville in Metairie. Well, there is. we talked about this last week, but just a reminder, this Saturday, ladies, this is Magnificat. Now that we know, the Mother Chapter in Metairie mm-hmm. is sponsoring a day of prayer and reflection. They just do this once a year. Uh, it will be Friday, this Friday, January 20th. It starts with morning mass at 9 a.m. and it ends at 3 p.m. It's all taking place at Our Lady of Divine Providence Catholic Church in Metairie. And remember our friend Denise Byer, is their speaker uh, and and, uh, working hard on this wonderful day of prayer and reflection. So if you'd like to attend, it's $30. That does include lunch. And we know from our conversation last week with our friends at Magnificat that there's also a light breakfast after Mass. So you need to contact Julie at 504-884-6152 to make your reservations. You won't want to miss that. Most definitely. Well, you're not going to want to miss this couples if you fall into this range of the number of years that you've been married. The annual Silver Wedding Anniversary Celebration will take place on March 26th at 3 p.m. at St. Joseph's Church in New Orleans. This celebration is for couples married between 1993 to 1998. For questions or to register, please contact Debbie in the St. Joseph Parish office no later than today. So the event is in March, but you have to let her know today uh, if you will be attending. Please note that this is a celebration. Uh, This celebration is a prayer service and does not include a mass, but worth attending because, Mm. wow, that's a milestone. For sure. Absolutely. Well, you know, the Notre Dame Seminary Bible Marathon is coming up. We shared that with you last week, and we want to remind you that it's a public reading of the entire Bible. It's going to be Wednesday, January 25th, starting at 12.10 p.m., going all the way through nonstop to January 29th at 5.30 p.m. Solemn Vespers will follow the Bible Marathon at 5.30 in the Chapel of the Immaculate Conception at Notre Dame Seminary. That'll be again on Sunday the 29th. If you want to learn more or if you'd like to sign up to be a reader, they can use some of those. Go to nds.edu. That's nds.edu. 
All right. The Archdiocese of New Orleans Retreat Center is having a Valentine lunch. It's called Live to Love Luncheon, and it's for widowed or divorced uh, singles, right, Uh, to have this wonderful Valentine lunch. Again, it will be on Valentine's Day. That's Tuesday, February 14th, following their noon mass. So that is at the New Orleans Retreat Center. Space is limited, so you need to register. You can go to New Orleans Retreats dot com or call 504-267-9604 what a fun lunch to go yeah. to yeah I, like that. yeah I love that well happening on saturday january 21st at 8 30 in the morning at saint joseph cathedral you can join bishop duca as he celebrates a special respect life mass offering prayers for mothers and children for all those who have lost their lives to abortion and for an end to abortion so that is coming up on saturday January 21st at 8.30 in the morning in Baton Rouge downtown. Very good. And we all know the March for Life is underway. People headed to Washington, Mm -hmm. D.C. Don't forget the Louisiana March for Life. Everyone deserves a birthday. That's January 21st as well from 10 to noon. And it's going to start over at the state capitol. Go to LALifeMarch.com. We've got more coming up on Wake Up. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for January 17th. Today we celebrate Saint Anthony of Egypt. Go, sell what you have and give to the poor. Those words from the Gospel of Saint Mark so spoke to today's saint that he gave away his large inheritance at age 20 following the deaths of his parents. Anthony of Egypt went on to spend most of his life in solitude. For a dozen or so years, he lived in empty tombs in a cemetery not far from his village. Anthony's contribution to the church was the witness of solitary asceticism, personal mortification, and prayer. It was a life that attracted others who were drawn to Anthony for spiritual healing and guidance. The emperor Constantine wrote to him asking for prayers. At age 54, Anthony responded to requests and founded a monastery of scattered hermits' cells. He founded a second monastery on the Nile River. At age 88, he was giving his considerable energy to fighting the Arian heresy. Anthony was well-suited to his life of solitude and prayer. Celebrated in the East as the first master of the desert, he died at age 105. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. Good morning. It's 18 minutes after the hour. Thanks for tuning your heart to the truth and listening to Wake Up on Catholic Community Radio. We are joined this morning by our friend Ben Clapper. He is the executive director of Louisiana Right to Life. Good morning, Ben. Good morning. How are y'all? Great. It's always wonderful to visit with you. I have been looking forward to having a little update on your Proudly Pro-Life Gala that was on the 14th of January. How'd it go? Oh, it was awesome. 1,200 people in New Orleans, big celebration. Uh, It was just a a great night for life. Tim Tebow really inspired the audience with Mm -hmm. his story of nearly being, uh, you know, his mom being offered abortion, but her being courageous and strong and choosing life. And now Tim shares the gospel through his, you know, of course, through his athletics, but also now just through preaching 
pro-life message and the gospel around the country. So it, it was a great night. Thanks That's for awesome. That's awesome. And, and I'm sure lots of funds were raised for your uh, wonderful efforts of protecting the unborn. Uh, but let's absolutely, talk- absolutely. A lot of genera- generous, amazing people out there. We're really grateful. That's awesome. 1,200. I love it. That's great yeah. to hear. Great to hear. So let's talk about the prayer uh, the day of prayer for legal protection of unborn children. Yeah, this Sunday is January 22nd, which, of course, we always remember it as the anniversary of Roe v. Wade. Mm-hmm. And so this is the first year when we're not remembering it as the anniversary of Roe v. Wade, which is right. amazing and awesome that that is off our shoulders and uh, that those prayers, that God answered those prayers and blessed us. Uh, but certainly it doesn't mean that we don't still have reason to pray for the protection of unborn children. Nice. You know, Louisiana is one of 15 states that are protecting most babies in their state, unborn babies. But, of course, that leaves a lot of states where abortion is pretty much legal at all in all circumstances. Mm-hmm. And unborn children need our protection, and they need our prayer. So this Sunday, January 22nd, is is that day for uh, prayer for legal protection for unborn children. So, you know, it's important that we're coming together, especially at this time, which has become that pro-life time, as people go to the March for Life in Washington, D.C., and March for Life in Louisiana, that we pray for the protection of unborn children. Right. That's beautiful. And the, the, and, uh, the millions of children whose lives were were lost and and they and the women who who have uh, were wounded by abortion as well. Uh, remember those in your uh, prayers. Absolutely. So Ben. Yeah, and also you know there's a nine day novena for life that starts this Thursday that the USCCB puts in place and it runs on starting this Thursday, and it's a nine day novena for life where we're praying for unborn children, we're praying for moms praying for adoption and that's nine days for life.com i believe it is where people can join that nine day pro-life novena okay nine days for life.com wonderful i wasn't familiar with that that's great to know uh we can join in i'm praying that as well starting thursday and it ends uh in nine days right so so yeah, um, yeah nine days this january 22nd the the day of prayer for legal protection of unborn children is something that's nationwide correct ben Oh yeah, that's something nationwide the USCCB puts in place, and uh, and it may be observed in some places on Monday because of uh, the Sunday. Yeah. So, but whether it's Sunday or Monday, whether we're taking that time uh, to pray as a community or privately as families, I mm-hmm. encourage families to take part of that as well because you know it's so important that we keep our youth and our culture pro-life because if we don't do that. We're going to see that abortion and the culture of death is going to try to take more ground in our state. We've got to stay firm and stay strong. That's right. That's right. Well, and, you know, I think that uh, we're, we're so jubilant after the reversal of Roe versus, Roe versus Wade, and particularly in Louisiana, to be so proudly pro-life and be uh, abortion, uh, abortion-free. I guess I know that there's still some access, but, but um, it, it's still important for us, you know, although that battle has won, the war isn't over, right? Oh, absolutely. You know, not only, you know, women can still travel out of state to have abortion. There's mm-hmm. dangerous abortion pills that are being purchased online illegally and mailed into Louisiana. We need to stop those. We need to be that oasis for those women and men who find themselves in crisis 
because if we can help them, then we help them and their unborn child. So uh, certainly we won that battle in overturning Roe v. Wade, but we all have so much more to do to help moms, to promote adoption, and to keep Louisiana pro-life. Again, because if we don't take action to keep our state pro-life, then uh, we're going to lose it. Right. We were talking with Allison Daigle of Women's New Life uh, Clinic, and she was talking about the danger of of the abortion pill. So it is still available to women in Louisiana if they know the right avenue to get it. Is that do I understand that correctly, Ben? Well, uh, yeah. It, you know, we passed a law last year that said that it was illegal for these abortion pills to be sold online and shipped into Louisiana. So unfortunately, it's been the enforcement of that that's been difficult. These uh, mm-hmm. internet websites are in other states, or they may be even in other countries. Mm-hmm. And people are buying these pills online, and they're being shipped into Louisiana. Of course, you know the post office doesn't know what's in, you know, right. the, the, what's being shipped. So it is an enforcement challenge for the state. You know, in, in order, for example, if they're selling the abortion pills out of California, well. For Louisiana to enforce our law, we would need California to cooperate, their attorney general and the district attorneys. And, of course, you're not going to get that from a state like California. So we're in a very difficult predicament when we're trying to enforce these laws that are really being violated from people outside of the state or even outside of the country. There's a group out of the Netherlands that mails these abortion pills. So it's definitely a new frontier and a new battle, and it's almost – where in the past we would go to pray at the abortion facility. Well, that, praise be to God, those are closed. But the Mm -hmm. battle has shifted into almost a more difficult way to apply our prayer and our action. And it's going to take us really casting the net wide to reach those who may be vulnerable to abortion. Wow. Ben, talk about the the dangers of the abortion pill. I think, you know, a a pill coming in the mail from another country to me sounds scary to begin with, not knowing exactly what it may include. But but what happens uh, when these women do receive these pills and take them? Uh, We do know that places like Women's New Life Clinic does have the abortion pill reversal if it's if they're the uh, you know, decision is made that they made a mistake early on, it's not too late for the woman to reverse it. But talk about the dangers of taking a pill that comes in the mail. Certainly. Well, first of all, if a woman has not had a doctor's examination before mm-hmm. taking these abortion pills, uh, it could be dangerous. Number one, her pregnancy could be too far along for that abortion pill to, quote, work. And, I'm, and of course, I'm not uh, trivializing that in any way. Right. But it only it only quote is a, is effective at for an abortion to a certain point in pregnancy. Uh, also, if the woman has an ectopic pregnancy, uh, it, taking that it can be lethal to her. And if you're ordering an abortion pill online, there's no examination required, and so she's going to receive that pill, take that pill, and uh, she's putting her health at risk. Yeah. Of course, she's putting the life of her unborn child. Uh, you know, ending that life, but also putting her own health at risk. We know that there's been an uptick of women visiting the emergency room in Louisiana at mm-hmm. hospitals with symptoms of uh, these abortions. Now, many people are saying, oh, well, it's a miscarriage, but in many cases, it's not a miscarriage. It's an abortion, and there's complications. There's a lot of bleeding that's involved. If, if you've ever read or seen the movie uh, Unplanned by, um, yeah. featuring Abby Johnson, 
it gives you a, a very stark picture of what the reality is with these uh, these chemical abortion pills. Wow, wow! So the, it's so important now. To, we don't we don't want to to uh, stop praying. We need to continue because, as you mentioned, this is uh, the the battle is still going on. Uh, but such a, a wonderful uh, day of prayer that's coming up. Ben, give us those details again about the the prayer for the legal protection of unborn children. Yeah. So on this Sunday, January twenty second, when the past when we remember the anniversary or of Roe v. Wade is our day for legal protection for unborn children. So encourage you to pray as a community and individually and as a family. And then the nine-day Novena for Life starts this Thursday, and it goes for nine days. And you can Google nine-day Novena for Life and and pull that up. And I know we're going to be on the Capitol steps Saturday morning at 10 a.m. praying for life and and discussing where we are in the pro-life movement. So encourage everyone to come out if it's going to be thunderstorming. I, I, I expect that we'll be in the cathedral, okay. but um, mm-hmm. just uh, join us uh, Saturday morning. Okay, and that's in downtown Baton Rouge at the uh, Louisiana State Capitol. That's 10 a.m. on the, the grounds of the Capitol or possibly in the in the Cathedral, St. Joseph Cathedral downtown. Uh, ben, where can people find out, you know, if there is that last-minute change due to weather, uh, where can they stay abreast of what's happening on Saturday? Sure. LALifeMarch.com is the place uh, specifically for the Life March. So LALifeMarch.com. And then on Louisiana Right to Life social media, it'll be up there as well. Okay, perfect. And that's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Y'all are everywhere, right, Ben? That's right. Okay. Yep, LA Right to Life is generally our handle. Okay, awesome. Thank you so much to, for joining us, Ben. It's always great to catch up with you and and uh, and give get an update for what's going on in the pro life movement. Thanks for joining us on Wake Up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank wow. You. Wonderful opportunity to keep on praying. Hey, stick around. Joseph Pierce is joining us. He's talking about his new book, 12 Great Books, Get Deeper into Classic Literature. So stick around. It is half past the hour on Wake Up. Thirty-five after the hour. Welcome back to Wake Up. We're glad you're with us. With us right now, Joseph Pierce. He's the author of forty books and counting, including a book entitled Pope Benedict the Sixteenth, Defender of the Faith. If you haven't gotten that book, you need to run out and get it. But today, we're here to discuss his newer book entitled 12 Great Books, Get Deeper into Classic Literature. Ah, Joseph, welcome back to Wake Up. It's always good to be with you. Well, all right. I am no literary scholar, nor did I like literature a whole lot. So (laughs) convince me as to why I need to pick up this book and read it. Well, the first thing I would say is that if you can't read uh, literarily as opposed to literally, you can't read Scripture, because <laughs> Thomas Aquinas teaches us... <laughs> you see what I mean? <laughs> Thomas Aquinas, 
Some of the teaches us that there are four levels of meaning in scripture. There's a literal level and three separate and distinct levels of allegorical meaning. So to read that allegorically is to see the significance of the words that pointing beyond themselves to something deeper. So we have to read um, uh, scripture um, literarily. Um, so we need to learn to read literarily. And literature, of course, is a good way to teach us how to read literarily. Wow. Okay. Well, very good. So in this particular case, the 12 books you reference, which I find somewhat fascinating to begin with, because it ranges everywhere from St. Augustine to Shakespeare and even uh, Frankenstein and, of course, the classic A Christmas Carol. Mm-hmm. Share with us how those books were selected and, and the meaning behind them, because it's, a lot of it's based on civilization and truths, Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I wanted to take a cross-section of some of the great works of Western civilization. And so, you know, the earliest uh, in there is, is St. Augustine's Confessions, which goes right back to the early church, of mm-hmm. course. And uh, you know, the, most, the, most, the most recent are in the 20th century. There are books by Graham Greene and Evelyn Waugh and G.K. Chesterton in there. So uh, I, I wanted to give this, if you like, a, a, a cut, cut, cutting through a cross-section of some of these works so that people can, if you like... Um, uh, see the depth and the breadth of what um, Christianity, Christendom, Western civilization has to offer, and also to show them how you know a work of literature can actually plumb depths of theological and philosophical and psychological uh, meaning that allow us to understand ourselves and our neighbor and our relationship with God on a much deeper level. So it allows us not just to get deeper into literature, but to get deeper into reality. Yeah, well, you you even, uh, in the book, it says, the civilized man is inspired in all that he does by the desire to serve God and his neighbor. The barbarian is inspired to please himself. I thought that was very insightful, but also kind of has some truth to today. Our society is kind of going in that direction as far as being somewhat barbaric. I mean, not yet beating each other up, but verbally we are. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, we're all faced in every single day of our lives uh, and throughout our lives with two simple choices. Uh, It's the the choice uh, of pride or the the choice of of humility. So basically, you know, that that humility, which which the the fruit of which is love, sacrifices ourselves. We sacrifice ourselves for the beloved, even if the beloved is our enemy. Um, But uh, the the, the absence of that humility, which is pride, means instead of sacrificing ourselves for others, we sacrifice others for the self. And, And if we do that, then we do have barbarism. We have everybody basically using and abusing everybody else for their own personal gratification. And at that point, the whole of civilization uh, goes to ruin, which is, again, these, these great works of literature show us the consequences, uh, first of all, of self-sacrifice, but also the consequences of sacrificing others for ourselves, um, the, the, the act of pride and sin. So uh, they, they, they hold up a mirror to man. Tolkien says uh, about uh, li- literature, about stories, that they hold up a mirror to man. They show us ourselves, and that, that's the value of these. Yeah, and that's how... And, and so you tie in these classics into our Christian faith, and hopefully, as we read them, it becomes somewhat of a wake-up call, right? 
Yeah, very much so. I mean, the vast majority of the authors that, whose works I focus on in that book were, were believing Christians uh, who, who manifest that faith in Christ in the telling of stories. Um, uh, uh, so that we see, we see ourselves, we see our neighbor, and we see our relationship with God played out before us in beautiful, you know, beautiful writing that tell beautiful stories. And, and so, you know, we, we're meant to see reality through stories. That's the way that Jesus Christ teaches us. First of all, through the story of his own life, uh, death and resurrection. I mean, it, it, he, God shows us himself in the deepest way by showing us himself entering our own story, history, his story. Um, but also within that story, when he, when, he, when he makes himself manifest to us in the Incarnation, he tells us stories. So the prodigal son, for instance, is a work of fiction. But it's not a work that's untrue. <laughs> you know, the prodigal son teaches some really, really powerful truths about ourselves and our neighbor and our relationship with our father, uh, and, and including especially our father in heaven. You know, so although it's a fictional narrative, a parable told to us by Jesus, it's, it actually shows us some of the most powerful and important things we need to know about our relationship with, with God, with our neighbor, and indeed with ourselves. Were all these authors of these classics good spiritual men? Uh, no, some of them are miserable sinners. <laughs> um, <laughs> in fact, in fact I'd be honest about it, all of them are miserable sinners, right? I mean, well, yes. St. Augustine himself, for most of his life, um, you know, was not living uh, what we would call the good life or the mm-hmm. holy life. And, you know, the, the power of the confessions is the fact it's a confession. You know, the, 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 in some sense, we only under, understand ourselves insofar as we understand ourselves as sinners, that our lives are a via dolorosa where we, are, we, we, we will have a cross to carry. The point is, do we carry, and the cross we, crosses we carry are often crosses we've made ourselves. Now, how do we carry those? Do we carry them resentfully, hating our neighbor and our God and perhaps ourselves because of the burdens we're carrying? Or do we turn to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and ask him to help us carry the cross, in which case we then have a living relationship with the Savior? So what, that's what great literature shows us from the confessions, that's what the confession shows us, right through to the, the modern works of literature, such as Brideshead Revisited by Evening War in the 20th century. It shows us exactly that we are going to suffer what do we do with our suffering? Um, you know, do we allow it, do we allow it to, to embitter us, to break us, um, to, to lead us on the path to hell? Or do we uh, allow it to, to teach us the, the priceless lessons which help us to get to heaven by the grace of Jesus Christ? And the other thing that literature tells us, you can't do this by the triumph of your own will. You actually have to seek supernatural assistance if you're going to be able to carry your crosses. Yeah. It almost sounds like Ignatius retreats, you know, where you you have to find out who you are first, then your relationship with God, understand that suffering exists, but it gets you to the resurrection when it's all said and done in salvation. Amen, exactly. Mm -hmm. And that's why literature reflects reality. It's not not an escape from reality. It's an escape deeper into reality. That's why the subtitle of the book is, 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 is... going deeper, right? That's, that's the idea of the yeah. book. It allows us to go deeper into these great works of literature so we can go deeper into our relationship with Christ. Amen. Joseph Pierce, his new book, 12 Great Books, Get Deeper into Classic Literature. And where do they go to get it, Joseph? Well, the, the, they can go to my website, jpierce.co, uh, and that, that will also allow them to keep up with what I'm doing, or then go directly to the publisher, which is ignatius.com. Awesome. Thank you so much for being with us this morning on Wake Up, and God bless you for the rest of the year. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. God bless you. You bet. Look forward to his next book.
because yes. he's a writer. Mm-hmm. Wow. Boy, I tell you what. Yes. And he he, he goes deep, but it doesn't go over your head. Yes. And, uh, you know, I was kind of being a little facetious with him. Right. Though I probably didn't get good grades in college. Uh-huh. I just can't remember uh-huh. uh, that far back because I must say it was a long time ago. <laughs> but uh, I do remember reading some of the classics and yes. not making a whole lot of sense of them. But that helps. These aren't the actual books. Right. It's evaluations and analysis of That's the books important. and how they tie in with Christian faith. That's and awesome. It's good if you want to learn more. That's good. All right. Mm-hmm. So much for that. I know. Uh, don't go too far. It is already 45 after the hour here on Wake Up. And it's drizzling outside in some areas, but don't let that scare you because, hey, you got to get up, you got to get going, you got to make the most of this day. Coming up in just a moment, we have uh, uh, another guest who is uh, Sarah Zagorski, and she is communications director with Louisiana Right to Light, kind of centering and focusing our theme today on today's show regarding that. Uh, But it's an important topic. Gabby's going to be chatting with her in just a moment. You're on Wake Up. the truth it's 48 past the hour on wake up thanks so much for tuning in this morning our next guest is sarah zagorski sarah is the communications director with louisiana right to life and today we're going to be talking a little bit more about the march for life the louisiana life marches sarah is a perfect person to give us these details hey sarah good morning good morning how are you i'm so happy to be with you today We're so glad to have you with us, and it was such a joy to hear your adoptive mother, Bobby Jones, give her story at the Pro-Life Gala on Saturday. Absolutely incredible, Uh, just so heartwarming, and honestly, I just could not keep my eyes off of her and her story, Sarah, just so powerful, Um, so it was so great to hear Bobby speak. Yeah, she's wonderful. She's um, my hero, for sure. I was so honored to present her with the award and so many people and you know she's like I've, I said that night you know she's been doing this for almost 40 years and it's people like her that really ushered in the reversal of Roe. They, they're the ones that we look to and we are so thankful for because they helped us get to where we are today. Absolutely. Sarah has such a powerful story. Of course, we can talk about that um, in another interview. We've spoken to her about it before, but Sarah's adoptive mother, Bobby Jones, adopted her when she was nine years old from foster care. Such a powerful story. So, of course, we thank Bobby for uh, her pro-life ministry and Sarah for your work as well. But today we're talking about the reason for it all. These life marches happening. Uh, They've been going on. But tell us about the one coming up in Baton Rouge. Absolutely. So this um, coming Saturday, January 21st, we're going to be meeting outside the state capitol building um, for our our life march. We do these every year, and they're really important. A lot of people have asked me, you know, well, why is it important this year, Rose, and overturn? And this is what is so important Mm -hmm. to remember, that it just takes one legislative session for everything to change in Louisiana. We've had great victories this past year, but we need to show up and march for life, not just in thankfulness for the reversal of Roe, but also to continue to show the state of Louisiana that we're not going to stop protecting life. We're going to make sure that our laws are tight, that they continue to protect unborn. Um, our guest speaker this year is Dustin Bertrand, who has beautiful pro-life testimony of being conceived in rape. And he's our uh, keynote at the March in Baton Rouge this year. And I think it's really important for stories like this to surface because a lot of people ask questions about the difficult issue of rape. You know, that's a very hard 
question, and we always always say this, that those who um, violate women in this way, they should absolutely face the consequences of the law to the fullest extent of the law every single time. And rape is a horrible tragedy, and women that go through that mm -hmm. brutality need to be supported and loved and cared for. But what we know is that mm -hmm. abortion never solves the problem of rape. Abortion never comforts or heals or brings redemptive um, anything redemptive to a woman who's been raped. In fact, we have so many testimonies of women who have been raped and then have had abortions that uh, regret those abortions because it does not soothe or comfort or heal the pain of that rape. Um, so that's our guest speaker this year. You know, we're going to be there. We're going to, um, you know, I know there's a chance of rain right now, but I hope that Louisiana shows up as we did Monroe this past weekend and uh, show Louisiana that we're going to stand strong through everything and we're going to continue to support life. Sarah, whenever I hear there's going to be rain on Saturday, Louisiana shows up whether there's a blizzard outside in Washington, D.C. <laughs> or rain yeah. on the ground or sunshine. Uh, I remember marching in that blizzard in uh, Washington, D.C. a few years ago. Take us through what will happen on that day on Saturday for those who've never attended and are interested in joining in. Yeah, so if you've never attended, this is a great time to attend. Um, we're going to be starting at the uh, steps of the Capitol and... You know, we still have some logistical things to figure out because of the, the chance of rain. Um, but it starts at 10 o'clock. There are going to be pregnancy centers there and tables for those pregnancy centers, um, kind of featuring their ministries. And then um, we're going to hear from Dustin, and we're going to hear from Benjamin Clapper, executive director. And they're going to be there just marching for life. And our hope is that we can have a successful march like we do every single year. Will there be representatives over in Washington, D.C. from Louisiana Right to Life this year? Um, I'm not sure of that right now. I'm actually going to be in Washington, D.C. in a few days. Um, you know, I know that in the, at the Shreveport March, which is the same day, uh, Congressman Johnson mm -hmm. will be there speaking at that march. I'm not sure about the Baton Rouge March, though. Talk about the importance of continuing to march in Washington, D.C. That's where everything takes place or, or the big stuff takes place. And also you have the Women's March that's not uh, that's really kind of close to the uh, March for Life as far as dates go. Um, it seems like there's always like a clash there uh, within weekends. And the importance of continuing to march even though Roe versus Wade is overturned. Absolutely. So, you know, this past week or, you know, last week we had uh, the Born Alive Infant Protection Act um, passed through the House uh, in Congress. And that was a huge victory after nearly 10 years, over 10 years of that being stalled in Congress. You know, a, a lot of people, mm -hmm. you know, in Louisiana, we, ha we have large pro-life majorities in the state. But you have to remember the country isn't 100 percent pro-life. We have states like Colorado, like California, where abortion is basically allowed at any time in pregnancy, late-term abortions allowed. And just because Roe's overturned, it does not mean that states won't continue to um, encourage women to have abortions. Mm -hmm. And that's what's happening in the country. And in fact, in Louisiana, and this is something we have to be mindful of, women are still trying to buy the abortion pill online. And we have to continue mm -hmm. to support a culture of life. And I always talk about this because this is really important. You know, abortion might be illegal in the, in the sense of roving overturned, but abortion culture has not gone anywhere. You know, for nearly 50 years, women have been told the lie that abortion is the solution to their problems. And this is the message we have to continue getting out there. It's not the solution. And in fact, it traumatizes and damages and causes many, many side effects for women across the country. And we hear these stories. Thousands of women have testified to this, that abortion hurts them and damages them. And that's why we march in D.C. That's why we're going to continue to march, because we're probably going to have a hard time getting the Born Alive Infant Protection Act passed in Congress through the Senate, unfortunately. And that's really a, a, it's very uh, sad to, to realize that there are people in this country that don't support giving a child that has 
literally pass through the birth canal, right? Um, the uh, medical care to, and that they protect and sanitize even. That's really, that's, that's a reality we have to grapple with here in Louisiana because that's what's going on across the country. Now, I'm very proud of Louisiana. I'm very proud of all of our um, uh, politicians who support life, uh, wounds of tomb, and we're very thankful for that. But we have to remember that's not where the whole country is on abortion. We have to continue to march. We have to continue to show up for women. We have to say we're the pro-life voice. We're going to continue to march. You know, when I was at the march in 2019, I was amazed at all the people. There are more people there than you can see. Mm-hmm. You can't even, you know, mm-hmm. there's, there's endless people there. And, you know, the media coverage that gets, zero. You never hear about the, you never hear about yeah. the people that uh, are there, are the, the youth that are there, the young people that are there. It's amazing. So it's, it's important yeah. to continue showing up. It's going to eventually, in time, I do believe abortion culture is going to be defeated in Louisiana and across the country. We have to continue to march, continue to pray and take action. Sarah Zagorski, Communications Director with Louisiana Right to Life. Where can we go to find out details about this Saturday's Louisiana Life March in Baton Rouge? Sure. So you can go to prolifelouisiana.org and uh, visit our website. It's on the homepage. All of our March information, all of the March information is on the, on the homepage about the Baton Rouge March, about the Shreveport March, which again is on the same day. Um, you can find that all on our website. Thank you so much, Sarah, for being with us today and safe travels as you go up to Washington, D.C. Thank you so much, Gabby. I really enjoyed this. Have a good one. You too. It's so important to continue to march, you guys. Um, you know, like I said, we were marching in that blizzard and that did not stop us. When you mm-hmm. go up that hill in Washington, D.C. and you look back and you can't even see the road, there are so many people. It is emotional and it is powerful. We have to continue to do this. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I hope the secular and, and news media actually shows it for a change. Well, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The, the crowd. Right. I'm, I'm hoping nice? there's going to be big ones. Be, yeah. It'd be nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we always like to wrap up the show with prayer, and we'll do so now. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. God, our Father, you gave St. Anthony of Egypt the courage and belief of an apostle to give up his wealth, living in a life of poverty and solitude, and to found monasteries. Help us to be zealous in imitating his virtues and to follow in the footsteps of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll catch you back here tomorrow at 7 a.m. Central Time. Johnny Aber joins us. Peter Finney with the Clarion Herald and Ina Rowe with Catholic Charities and Baton Rouge has a powerful story. Have a wonderful Tuesday. God bless. Wake Up is a production of Catholic Community Media.